today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Whatever it is that you brought to church with you today that you're struggling with or in need of and heretofore you have not received, have you even asked? So this answers the question of, oh, so I don't have because I didn't ask. So if I ask, that means I'll have. If it's according to God's will, you got it. I got another question. Why don't we ask? Answer, we don't believe. That's the problem. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. When we feel less than confident, we find it hard to ask for help. It puts us in a vulnerable position when we admit we can't do things alone. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that we can ask God for anything, anytime. In fact, the bigger you ask, the more likely He'll answer, because that means the task is impossible without Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. If I'm faithful to preach the Word, the Holy Spirit now is free. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit to reach that deep recess in your heart. Put the finger of God on that thing that's got to go. We need to get that out. We need spiritual surgery. When my firstborn son Elias was four years old, we noticed a lump on his stomach. And of course, the way I'm wired, I'm, I'm assuming the worst. Oh no, he's going to die. You know how it is. We always manufacture the worst case scenario. So we take him into the doctor, and the doctor says, it's a hernia. I'm like, a hernia? He didn't start weightlifting till he was 16. How does a four-year-old get a hernia? Well, he was what they call active alert. <laughs> That's an understatement. Anyway, he got a hernia. So he had to go in for surgery. And would you believe that I let the physician take a sharp instrument and cut into my son? <laughs> what kind of a father are you? No, I need to get that out and fix that up. So I have to let the great physician take the surgical instrument of his word. I know it cuts. And cut into me and get that thing out. That's what the word of God does. The second one is in verses 14 and 15, and in addition to God's Word, it's God's compassion. Here, the writer of Hebrews directs us to our great high priest, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, who is the Son of God. Now, you have to understand that he's writing to these Jewish believers that had come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And all of their co-workers and family and friends were constantly on them, really persecuting them, trying to get them 
to go back to Judaism. The temple had not yet been destroyed. So on a daily basis, all of their friends would go into the temple. And one day a year, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, one day a year to make atonement. And they were still observing this, and the high priest would go in to the temple before it was destroyed, and on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, Day Kippur Atonement. And that high priest had to have no unconfessed sin, because he was entering into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, and as such, the Shekinah glory of God. And he goes in on that Day of Atonement, behind the veil. I wish you don't picture in your mind veil, but this was a thick curtain that separated the most holy place from the holy place. So one day a year he would enter in to the most holy place, And if he had unconfessed sin, he died. Listen, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, I'm not going to volunteer for that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. You're in the presence of God. It was so serious. Get this. They would tie a bell to his robe with a rope. So if they did not hear that bell ringing anymore, up! pull him out. (laughs) Whoops. That was their high priest. Now imagine this, picture this with me. You've got these Jews putting pressure on these new Christians saying, where's your high priest? (laughs) Oh, he's in heaven. Oh really? Wow. Your high priest is Jesus? Yeah. Well, look at our high priest. Look at our temple. Look at the most holy place. And this was a real thing for them. And this was a real hard thing for them. So the writer of Hebrews is wanting to encourage them and really in a sense redirect them and remind them, (laughs) your high priest is Jesus. And you know that thick curtain, some Bible commentators estimate that it was like 18 inches thick. That's thick. Forget veil. Picture veil is like a, you know, thin little thing. 18 inches thick? When Jesus resurrected from the dead, that thing was torn down the middle, and that place was open because Jesus became our great high priest. Now, He doesn't stop there, thankfully. The writer of Hebrews goes on to explain that Jesus empathizes with our weaknesses, and he tells us why. It's because Jesus himself was tempted in every way that we are, but he didn't sin. And it's for this reason that Jesus has compassion for us, sympathizes with us, and is there for us because He made atonement instead of us. It's done. No need. You want proof? Go look at that foot and a half thick curtain. It's been torn. 
If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most misunderstood characters of God, this would have to be it. God even makes it very clear in the book of Exodus that He's compassionate and merciful and slow to anger, full of mercy, long-suffering. He's not angry. He took all of His anger, all of His wrath, and He put it on His only begotten Son on that cross that day. God is not angry with you. Maybe somebody needs to hear that today. He's not angry with you at all. He's not had it with you. (laughs) Get this. He even likes you. He likes me. I mean, I stand up here and I say, God loves you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sadly, we live in a day where that doesn't mean much. The word love doesn't pack as much punch as the word like. When I hear that God actually likes me, oh, He does? Wow. You mean He's not angry with me? No. He really likes me? Yeah. And He's compassionate towards you. He empathizes with you. He's long-suffering. For some of us, it's longer suffering than others. You know what long-suffering means, right? I know this is deeply profound. He suffers long. And that's all because of this third one in verse 16, where I want to spend the remainder of our time. In addition to God's Word and God's compassion, it's God's grace. It's all of grace. All of grace. I know that Hebrews 4.16 is a life verse for many. It is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. And there's so much in just this one verse, and if you'll kindly allow me to, and just kind of bear with me, I really want to draw your attention to just this one verse and the implications of what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Now stay with me. I can approach, there's no barrier, there's no 18-inch barrier between me and Jesus. Me and the presence of God. I have unfettered access to the God who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, and I don't get voicemail. Think about that. I don't even need an appointment. Uh, I can get in to see him anytime. When I call, it's not, you know, voicemail. If I text, you know those three dots? Right there. I have unfettered access to the throne. (laughs) To the throne. Let me see if I can bring it into earthly terms. What if you had access to a king or a queen and their throne at any time. (laughs) You'd be walking around going, oh, I know people in high places. (laughs) Right? Oh, that's nothing. (laughs) I know God Almighty, Most High God, we're like this. Get him on the phone. (laughs) Watch this. Speed dial. Boom. JD, how you doing? Hey, can you say hi to my friend? (gasps) No way! Way! 
I can approach His throne of grace, not with apprehension like, I don't know, but with confidence. Not arrogance, confidence. Not in myself, but in Him. I can confidently, boldly enter into His throne room anytime. (laughs) And when I do, here's what happens. You know how it is when, well, as kids, when your parents say, you just wait till your dad gets home, you you know, talk with you, or your boss as an employee. They're calling you into their office, they need to talk to you. Oh no, that's it. You assume the worst, right? I'm fired. I just know I'm fired. And how nervous would you be? Let's just go back to our previous illustration of an earthly throne. Let's just say you were invited, you had audience with this, you know, figure, and you were able to enter into their throne and be in their presence. And the date was scheduled, and the time was scheduled. You would be so nervous. Okay, what am I going to say? I'm going to enter in, and and, uh, oh my goodness, you know who this is? The writer of Hebrews is saying, when you enter in to the throne of grace, you do so without apprehension, without hesitation. You're not going to get it. You're going to get it. What am I going to get? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Mercy. I could use me some of that. And I'll find grace. I could use me some of that too. And help in my time of need. My time of need. Anytime I can access the throne of Almighty God. But I don't. Here I can at any time call upon Him, enter in. And when I do, I can find mercy and grace and help in my time of need. And I can do so confidently. Listen to what the Apostle John said in his first epistle, chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. This is the confidence, confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. What? Anything? Yeah, it says anything. I don't know. What does it say in the original? Anything? I'm not trying to be cute. And you mean I can, I can ask confidently, not sheepishly, like, Lord, I, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're busy. You're really busy. You know, I've got a whole universe to run and got a lot of things going on, especially right now. So I'm sorry to bother you. Can I just, uh, you know, ask you for, not like that. He says, come on in. What do you need? Oh, I need, I need help. Oh, you came to the right place in the right place. I got this serious problem. I know I'm the one that showed you the, the problem and the x-ray that's uh, on your phone. You can show it to your friends too. Yeah, this is pretty serious. Yeah, it is. Only you can help me. Will you let me? How about this? Will you ask me? 
And when you ask me, know this, that I hear and I will give you whatever it is that you ask me for. Why don't you just ask? James chapter 4, the second part of verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Well, that explains it. Okay, so why, and I'm going to ask you at this time to just allow the Holy Spirit to just put on your heart whatever that is that you need. Whatever it is that you brought to church with you today that you're struggling with or in need of, and heretofore you have not received, have you even asked? So this answers the question of, oh, so I don't have because I didn't ask. So if I ask, that means I'll have. If it's according to God's will, you got it. I got another question. Why don't we ask? Answer, we don't believe. That's the problem. And even if we do ask, we won't ask for anything. We, we were told anything, just anything. What do you want? Anything. Anything. If it's good, here you go. But we won't ask for anything that we don't truly believe God would actually give us. In other words, we pray little prayers to a big God who is able to do the impossible if we would but believe. This centurion, man, we're going to see him in heaven, you know. And his healed servant too. You don't think that guy got saved? (laughs) He didn't just get healed physically, he got saved spiritually for all eternity. He said, all you got to do, I I believe you can do it. In fact, you don't even have to come to my house. I mean, not not that I don't want you to come. How cool would that be? Of course, again, how nervous would you be if Jesus says, hey, I'm going to be at your place for dinner. (gasps) You are? Where's Martha when you need her? (laughs) Right? That's a whole other sermon. We won't even go there. All you have to do, I, I believe you can do anything. You do? Yeah. Watch me now. You believe that I can do this? <laughs> okay, game on. Watch this. And he does it. And then even after he does the impossible, we're like, whoa, we still don't believe. I can't believe God did that. Well, you asked me to do it, and it was impossible, and I did it, and now, and now you don't believe it? Ask me anything. There's an interesting story that's told of Alexander the Great, while known for conquering the entire known world of his time. What's not so well known about him is that he was actually a very compassionate man, especially towards his people. As the story goes, he would set aside one day a year, and he called it Compassionate Day, in which he would randomly select people across his kingdom and allow them to ask the king for a special request that he would grant whatever it was. What's interesting is that most people would only ask for such things as food, clothes, money for medicine, and things like that. That is until one particular year when a peasant requested 
that he be given a big palace with a big banquet hall so he could host big meals for all of his friends. To the astonishment of all present that day, Alexander the Great granted his request. When the king's men asked him why he would grant this man's extravagant request, I mean, the the nerve of this guy. What's the matter with you? Everybody else just says, hey, can you just pay my rent? No, I want a mansion. I want a palace. Big banquet hall, custom design. I'll give you the blueprints. I want to have big meals. Because you said anything. Yes, I did. God, that's what I want then. Okay. Done. Why did you give it to him? Why did you grant his request? You know what Alexander the Great's response was? He told them that all the people were asking for mundane things. They could just ask anyone to give them. They don't need a king to give them such things. Anyone with extra goods or resources could do that. But a king, for the first time, This man has made me feel like the king I am. For only a king could grant such a request. I wonder, I I don't want to take this too far, but I want you to think this through with me. I wonder what could have been ours if we would have but asked and believed. Here's God who loves us so much, at the ready, willing to give us anything. If we would just ask and believe, I'll give it to you, anything you want. I love you so much. I'll give you anything you want, anything, anything. And then we come. It's like this. Okay, JD's getting ready to pray. He's going to ask me for something. Gabriel, Michael, get over here. Come on, you guys, get ready. He's coming. Here he goes. Whatever he asks, give it to him. So here I come. Father in heaven, bless this meal, and uh, bless it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Okay, you can go back. Um, we got another meal prayer. Where's that? Right? Think about it like this as earthly parents. I mean, Jesus even talking about the Holy Spirit said, you know, as earthly parents, if your children come to you and ask you for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake, would you? <laughs> if you I see me afterwards if you would do that. Or, or bread, would you give them a stone? How much more your heavenly Father will give you whatever you ask Him for? In fact, I picture God just wanting so much to give us so much. And He's just waiting. Everything we need, whatever we have need of, is right here. Just come and ask me for it, and believe me for it, and I'll give it to you. It's waiting, it's collecting dust. Not that there's dust in heaven, but you get the point. It's just waiting here for you. Just ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Oh,